Magical Orange Doorway, Chapter 4, Holy Jerry, written and narrated by Martin Crabb. It was midnight, and it was the summer solstice, which is a fancy name for a day when the sun never seems to go to sleep. But finally, it did go to sleep. Eventually, it seems, even the sun needs a rest. And now, the orange moon was high in the sky, controlling everything below with gentle, powerful and mysterious forces. A little black cat was pacing in front of the bottom of a London plane tree in the wild area of Glebe School, which is in South London, England. The children of Glebe School had spent the whole day planning for the best banquet ever, as well as swinging on the tyre swing, climbing trees and hiding in the bushes. They'd all gone home a long time ago. But even though the little black cat really, really loved banquets, he did not seem very happy. Up and down he walked, backwards and forwards, one way, then the next, over and over again. And if you listened closely, you could hear him muttering to himself. It was just a dream, just a dream. She never screamed. But if you were an expert at reading cat body language, you would know that Edmund, our pacing little black cat, didn't believe his own words. Deep down in his cat heart, Edmund knew that the scream he had heard in his dream was real. He knew that his dreams were magical, and he knew that the scream that he had heard was from Minerva. Edmund also knew that Minerva was screaming because she was in pain, and he knew that she must be in a lot of pain, because Minerva was a very, very strong black jaguar, or jaguar, and he knew that it was a scream that was going to change her life forever. Suddenly, Edmund looked like he had made a decision. He stopped pacing in front of the London plane tree and shouted so loud that all of the trees shook. Always and forever, Minerva! That's what good friends say to each other in the wild area. And in case she was listening in Spanish, Siempre y para siempre! After all of his shouting, Edmund remembered that he was also a sensible cat. He knew that worrying about Minerva's scream wouldn't help her. In fact, Edmund knew that worrying hardly ever helped anyone if you did it for too long. He would find out what the problem was when he got there and then do his best. But that was the next problem, getting there. Minerva lived in Peru. She didn't come to the wild area on a bus or in a taxi or by helicopter. She didn't even come on the bike of the sky dancing giant. She came through the magical orange doorway from Peru. So, problem one, where was Peru? Problem two, how do you get there from the wild area? 
Edmund believed the old expression, a problem shared is a problem halved. So he spoke with his friends, the tyre swingers, and no sooner had he discussed the problem than Emma the elf made a sign that said Peru. She stuck it on the signpost of the North Pole and pointed it in the direction of Peru. It wasn't just an ordinary sign though. Elves do not like boring signs. Emma the elf decorated her sign with all of the animals of the Peruvian rainforest. And the strange thing was, no sooner had she pointed it to Peru than she realised it was also pointing straight at the London plane tree, as if by magic. So, it seemed to everyone that the best way for Edmund to go to Peru was the same way that Minerva came to the wild area, through the magical orange doorway in the bottom of the London plane tree. But the next problem was that nobody knew how to make the magical orange doorway appear at the bottom of the London plane tree. Minerva had never told Edmund how this happened, and Emma the elf said it was not the sort of magic that elves learned at elf school. They decided to ask the green man. The green man was the name everyone gave to a head that had been strapped to the copper beech tree. And he looked like a grumpy old man with a big beard. The green man did not have a happy smiley face like Abuela's friend Santa Claus. A teacher from Glebe had tied the green man to the only copper beech tree in the wild area. She thought that he was probably a kind of magical Father Earth, a bit like Mother Earth that everyone else usually talked about. So... Edmund and the tyre swingers all gathered in front of the green man, hoping that he would have some wise words for them. And after a while, they heard someone laughing, but it was not from the green man, which was not surprising because he didn't look like he ever laughed. <laughs> He can't tell you anything. He's just a face that someone's hung up on a tree, laughed a big booming voice from nearby. They all turned around and realised that the standing stone was talking to them. They all looked at each other, a little surprised, but since the green man didn't seem to have anything to say, the tyre swingers went over to the standing stone. Edmund knew that the standing stone was called Holy Jerry and he had told everyone else this already. But he also knew things about Holy Jerry that hardly anyone else knew because the Lord of the Ravens had told him a few years ago but asked him not to spread it around. For example, Edmund knew that Holy Jerry, the Standing Stone, was created at the same time as the Queen's throne, back when dinosaurs roamed in the wild area, 1999 to be exact. But, unlike the Queen's throne, most people had forgotten about him. This suited Holy Jerry very well. He was too busy being Holy Jerry to become a wild area celebrity, Unlike the green man, 
Holy Jerry didn't even have an Instagram account. Some people who thought they were very clever described Holy Jerry as just a big old standing stone. And they weren't completely wrong. He was actually the biggest thing in the wild area. Well, apart from the trees. Oh, and the sky cycling giant whenever he visited. And he was very, very old and as hard as a stone. And he always stood up straight, pointing towards the sky, like standing stones usually do. But what most people, and most animals, and even most witches and elves didn't know, was that Holy Jerry was much, much more than that. And he definitely wasn't just anything. In fact, Holy Jerry was every bit as magnificent as the Queen's throne, and even more magical. You see, Holy Jerry was a moonstone. He was connected to the moon by her magic, and the moon's power flowed through him and made him powerful too. And sometimes he used this power in very magical ways. Now, magical beings like the Orange Moon and Holy Jerry are very different to you and I, so you might find this next fact about Holy Jerry's holes a little bit strange. In 1999, the moon wanted to show Holy Jerry that he was important to her, so she did this by piercing him. Yes, that's what I said, piercing him, and she pierced right through him, from one side to another, and not just once, but three times, and each pierced hole was round like the full moon, and deep like the inside of a volcano, and rich in the magic of time and place. Anyway, knowing all of this, and quite a bit more, Edmund thought that he may as well ask, Can you help me find Minerva, Mr. Holy Jerry? Hmm, can I help you find Minerva, Edmund? wondered Holy Jerry out loud, and then he answered very curiously, Well, yes I can, and then, no I can't, and then, Yes, I can. Edmund considered this for a moment and then said, Well, that's two yeses and one no, so that's pretty good. Okay, what's your first yes, he continued. Well, answered Holy Jerry, you must look through all three time holes before you make a decision. The lowest time hole will show you something from Minerva's past. The middle will show you something from Minerva's present. And the top one, something from her future. Edmund thought about all of this, and he decided that looking through Holy Jerry's time holes would in fact be very useful it might help him find Minerva. So he decided to ask Holy Jerry what his no was. In other words, what couldn't Holy Jerry help him with? 
Well, once you have looked through the three time holes and seen what you have seen, I can't help you decide what to do, answered Holy Jerry. It must be your choice and your choice alone. But it's not as bad as it sounds because my second yes means that I can tell you who can help you, but only if you decide to go. I think you already know my answer, Holy Jerry. It's siempre y para siempre. I have no choice. I must find a way to help Minerva. So, without even waiting and without talking to his friends, Edmund stood on his back legs and looked through the lower time hole. And immediately that he did, he wished that he hadn't. There she was, in the rainforest of Peru. But she was not running and then pouncing, like you might expect a beautiful black haguar from the rainforest of Peru to be doing. Nor was she hiding and then pouncing. And she wasn't even doing the salsa in a mustard-coloured dress with an orange hat. Minerva was tied up. His beautiful, black, powerful haguar friend looked like she was being kept prisoner. As far as he could see, she looked okay, but Edmund knew that any cat, especially a cat like Minerva, should always be free. Feeling very sad, he wiped away his tears. If you have ever tried looking through a time hole whilst crying your eyes out, you will know that it's nearly impossible. He stood with his back paws in the lower time hole so that he could reach high enough to see out of the middle time hole. He looked deeply into the middle time hole and he heard first, then saw, and then almost felt Minerva scream with pain and he knew that what he was witnessing was happening now. It was just a glimpse but it was happening at this very minute, like a really bad Snapchat. But, surprisingly, especially after all of his tears over the lower time hole, Edmund just shrugged and said, Ella. Remember that this vision was not a surprise to Edmund. Edmund had dreamed about Minerva's scream, and Edmund's dreams were powerful. So he pretty much knew that this is what he would see, and he knew that this was the reason that he was trying to find her in the first place. But then, very slowly, like a really slow sunrise, a little bit of hope creeped into his mind, and then into his heart, and then, well, into everywhere. Suddenly, Edmund realised that she wasn't tied up anymore. Yes, she had screamed. It was true. She was in pain, now, at this very minute. But it wasn't because of the ropes, so she must have escaped. Ella, he cried a little happier. Feeling just a teeny tiny bit better, he finally looked through the top time hole and he saw something that he really wasn't expecting. Grinning through the top time hole, he saw a giant snake staring back at him. Although Edmund knew that he should be scared of the giant snake, 
who could probably swallow him up in one big gulp, he realised that he wasn't. He couldn't explain why, but the snake actually reminded him of Minerva. So if the snake was smiling, maybe there was hope for Minerva. Well, that's what Edmund thought anyway. Now that the hope had spread right through him, he realised that he knew what he had to do. He had to go and find out where and why Minerva had been tied up and how she had broken free. That might give him some clues as to where she was now. It looked as if Holy Jerry sensed that Edmund was coming to a decision and he said, Well, what do you want to do, Edmund? Edmund climbed onto the top of Holy Jerry. He looked up at the orange moon, bowed to it and said, La Signoria Luna Naranja and Mr Holy Jerry, I want to go to Peru and find Minerva. Bueno, siempre y para siempre, said Holy Jerry in Spanish. Holy Jerry was also doing Duolingo, you see, because he knew that the favourite language of the moon was Spanish. Also, I may as well tell you, it was Holy Jerry that invented the expression always and forever in the wild area, and he made it about his great friend, the Orange Moon. Well, Edmund, if you really want to go to Peru, you must follow the badger. And just as Edmund was about to say, What badger? A tough-looking orange badger appeared in the wild area with a big smile and said, Hello, Edmund. I hear you fancy a trip to Peru. Brilliant. I've not been there in ages. Follow me. And with that, the badger stood up on her back legs until she looked much taller and she bowed before Edmund, Holy Jerry and the tyre swingers. She then dropped back onto all fours and walked towards the London plane tree. And then a very magical thing happened. The orange badger walked right up to the tree and said, Ella! And there, in the bottom of the London plane tree, glowing like a good friend glows when you tell them that you love them, glowed the magical orange doorway. The orange badger walked, just like a badger, right into it, and disappeared from view. Amazing, cried Edmund and the tyre swingers, clapping and cheering. How did you know a badger would come and do all that, Holy Jerry? asked Edmund. Because once you decided to rescue Minerva, I knew that you needed your spirit animal to come and open the magical orange doorway for you. Only your true spirit animal can do that for you. But my spirit animals are a goat and a sloth. And Holy Jerry just laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. Finally, he said, <laughs> It's true, Edmund, that stinky goats and sleepy sloths are wonderful. But they aren't your true spirit animal. The orange moon chose your spirit animal a long time ago. 
even before she pierced me with her three moon holes. Anyway, never mind all of that now, Edmund. You need to follow her quickly. Time is magical in the wild area, but the doorway will only stay open for a short time. So, Edmund moved towards the magical orange doorway, a little more cautiously than the orange badger, and as he moved closer, Holy Jerry said, One last thing. When you get to Peru, look out for the Welsh Methodist. He will help you to find Minerva. Wondering who the Welsh Methodist was, Edmund sniffed the magical orange doorway, just like cats do. Nothing. Then, still a bit unsure about how to go any further, he licked it as if the doorway was a big glowing orange lollipop. Still nothing. He even tried using his superpower cat skills to get it to open first so he could get a peek inside. But in the end, and just like magic, and just like a cat, and the orange badger, he entered the magical orange doorway. And before he knew it, Edmund was no longer in the wild area. But he also wasn't in Peru. And to be honest, he didn't really know where he was or what was going on. He knew how he felt. He felt warm. He felt safe. He felt excited. But he couldn't tell you anything else, really, except that all he could see was an orangey glow. But after a while, the orange began to clear. And there, in front of him, he saw the most lovely living room ever. It had a roaring orange fire, some Harry Potter books on a table, loads of delicious food, and the comfiest chair he'd ever seen. And playing in the background, he could hear a band singing, I bet you look good on the dance floor, from an old-fashioned record player. Floating in the air above the record player, as if by magic, was a letter. Surrounding the letter were apples and potatoes and carrots and strawberries, and they were all dancing in the air to the music. Edmund jumped up onto the back of the chair so he could read the letter, and he read it out loud. Welcome, Edmund, Lord of the Wild Area. Your adventure to Peru is just about to begin. In the meantime, I have made some delicious food for you to eat using your four food treasures. Carrots, strawberries, apples and potatoes. Once you have eaten as much as you can eat, please feel free to rest in this lovely armchair. Enjoy Peru. Siempre y para siempre, abuela. Perfect, yawned Edmund. Thank you, abuela, he said out loud again, in case she was listening. This is the best start to an adventure ever. And since there didn't seem anything else that he could do at this stage, he remembered that he was probably due a little catnap anyway. 
So, just like a cat, he hopped onto the chair, stretched a huge, big stretch, and smiled and yawned again as the cosy, warm hug of the orange fire wrapped around him. And in less time than it took to say, Ella, Edmund fell asleep, dreaming of snakes and ropes and four delicious food treasures and, of course, Minerva. And that is the end of this chapter. To find out if Edmund reached Peru and if he found Minerva and if she needed rescuing, don't forget to listen to the next chapter, which is coming very soon. The end. Thank you.